0: Oh yeah, I mean, it, it honestly, it probably helped because I mean, back in the day, our Pub Warner coach, he was an O-lineman at some big North school, I can't even remember. And he was like teaching us Rip and, and Lou calls. And I was like, dude, I don't really know who Rip or Lou is, but. <laughs> so I woke up on the ambulance and. Oh man. Yeah, so I, I lost my spleen. Think that's kind of where I met God that day. Like I was kind of doing my own thing, and then boom! Like I can tell you from now, nothing in my life has been the same ever since that day. Really?
1: Hey, welcome back to another rep. I am so excited to introduce Ethan to you. You are gonna love it. He's been uh, he's been balling since he was a little boy. But first, hey, if you like this show, hit like, hit subscribe, share it with your people. But let's go get another rep. Let's go! Hey, good morning, Ethan Bullock. What's happening down there? You're in Orlando, Florida.
0: Sunny Florida, as of not right now, though.
1: (laughs) Hey, you know what? It's Florida. The clouds blow over. It rains a little bit, and then they blow away. Sometimes they bring lightning.
0: Never for too long, never for too long.
1: Never for too long. Well, we're going to get to it, but you were out at Oklahoma State. Sometimes it rained out there. Sometimes they had tornadoes out there.
0: Yeah, I didn't see much rain, but I saw a lot of snow and a lot of craziness. (laughs) warnings and all that.
1: Hey, man, welcome to another rep. This show is about uh, how people are repping life, and I love having – young athletes on or old athletes but you're a young athlete I love having athletes on because uh, they understand what repping's all about first of all and you've been repping since heck when did you start repping (laughs) you were
0: I think I think I was throwing the football as early as I could pick it up is that right I mean it was baseball basketball I mean I had older I had uncles that were older than me that played baseball at Florida and just were big basketball sport guys I mean as soon as I could walk, I was on a field with some type of cleat or shoe on.
1: Yeah, and that that's so awesome. And before I started recording, you were like, Man, I hope it stops raining because my tennis game's getting jacked up right now.
0: Yeah, no, usually Saturday mornings cardio tennis. I haven't been in like three weeks because it's raining. I so, love
1: tennis. When I get down there, I'm gonna play you in tennis. Or when you if you ever come back up here to Nashville, we'll have to play. I love tennis. That's awesome. I was down in uh Bradenton Florida I was at IMG you familiar with that mm-hmm. yeah and I was coaching some IPP international players guys and um you know they grew up playing soccer and tennis and everything but football yeah. <laughs> they didn't play any football so we bring them to the camp and we teach them football and it's like a cram course for football but they could school you in about 11 other different sports but football <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, they're I mean, it's crazy how athletic those guys are when they train for all those different sports that America just doesn't really put in the in the front. Like, well, yeah.
1: And, you know, like the NBA, those those dudes in the NBA that come from Europe, they're they're all soccer players. So they're like seven feet tall and they play basketball and soccer. So their feet are phenomenal.
0: Yeah. yeah, they 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 can move like crazy. There's the soccer or the tennis team at Oklahoma State. They're making a run for it right now. And I met a couple of those guys, and I mean, they're all business. They is that golf team
1: out there at Okie State good still?
0: Oh, I mean, they're they're killer. I think last year they they won women's and men's Big Twelve. So they. It's like no, no one been has rolling a shot.
1: deep, deep, deep for a long time out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you practice at Carson Creek and then you go over to play $8, 18 holes somewhere, you know, you're probably, it's probably pretty easy. <laughs> you're pretty honed up. Well, let's go back. Let's,
1: let's uh, start when you were a little guy, because you're a big guy now. You're 6'4, something, you know, 220 six, pounds. Four, two, 15. Yeah. Yeah. So how did it all start? You said you grew up, you had a football in your hand when you were like four years old so
0: i was big into baseball growing up i was i was destined to be in the mob that's what i told myself yeah and uh my uncles played uh and i just grew up going to florida games on the weekends watching their doubleheaders and stuff like that so i mean i was i was going to be a baseball player no matter what anyone told me yeah um so football I always loved football. I went to tailgates with my family and all that. And well, who was your team? Was it the Gators or was it the Knights Central? So, players? yeah, I mean, it switched so many times. Sometimes I was a Gator fan. Sometimes I was a Seminole fan. You just never knew. Honestly, yeah. I used to just root against who everyone was rooting for just to be, <laughs> just to be, yeah. So, to be opposite. It just depended on who was playing that weekend. Yeah. It, matter um but yeah my friends i mean anytime we went to the park growing up it was football i was all-time quarterback every time really i didn't i played pop warner a little bit and then i started playing in high school seriously but growing up it was all baseball and i just played football with my friends in the park and then so your first like organized football were you like
1: um in pop warner you were the quarterback then you went to Middle school, private school. What'd you do? So,
0: so crazy thing. Pop Warner. Uh, I wasn't good enough. They told me I wasn't good enough to be the quarterback, so they stuck me at center. They're like, "Oh, it's the next quarterback." I said, "All right." So I'm I'm in there in middle school playing center, and, and there I gave O-line. you a good appreciation for O line. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it honestly it probably helped because I mean back in the day, our Pop Warner coach he was an O lineman at some big north school i can't even remember and he was like teaching us rip and and lou calls and i was like dude i don't know who Rip or lou is but (laughs) um yep so i I didn't even play quarterback in middle school but i still was playing baseball very seriously Uh, like i remember missing football games on saturdays for baseball tournaments so it was more baseball than anything but when i got high school
1: that's heresy by the way but we'll move on
0: uh (laughs) When I got to high school, I'd actually moved to a new school my sophomore year, and I was going there for baseball because it was a really good baseball school here. What school was that? Uh, Orangewood Christian School. Okay. Yep, it's probably 10 minutes from my house, but it, it was a really good baseball school. A lot of guys I grew up playing travel baseball with were all going to Orangewood. It was kind of like the big plan. Yeah. But let's get all the guys that I played with together. And we'll all go to Orangewood for a couple of years, sign and, and go on our way. Yeah. And I show up first week. I think I had gym seventh period, and I'm I'm throwing the football in the gym, and I'm launching them like just having fun. And the coach, the football coach, classic high school football coach, comes up to me. He's like, "You're new here, right?" I said, "Yes, sir." He said, "Do you play football?" I said, "I mean, I can throw a football, but I don't really play football." And he says, "We got we got practice next Monday. I think you should just come out and watch." You know, classic football coach. <laughs> And so I, I, I don't know, whatever, whatever reason I did, and it was history from there. I didn't even play baseball that next spring or anything. Really? I, had, I came out Monday. I tried for the team. I made it. And I had a really good sophomore campaign. And I started getting offers my sophomore year. And I was like, man, this, this is kind of fun. And so I just stuck with it. What was the biggest difference
1: between the culture of baseball and the culture of football?
0: I think it's got to be, I mean, it's got to be the relationships, not just at practice, but it was outside of practice or outside of the games. Like in baseball, you know, it's very individualistic in a lot of your stats. So a lot of people are very to themselves. I guess when I was playing baseball, like they were like, hey, I got to get this scholarship. I got to hit dingers. I got to throw this yeah. guy out. For a second. And in football, it was like, "Hey, man, I, I need you to make this block. I'm gonna get blown up." <laughs> like, like we, we're calling. I mean, back in back in high school, I mean, I was. It was a small school. It was a a two A school out of 8 A which is we go up to eight in Florida. Yeah, right. So it's just a small Christian school. So I mean, it was a lot of QB sweeps left and right,
1: uh, <laughs> especially when you're a big kid like you were. Yeah, I mean, I was I was
0: this tall, probably only 200 pounds though. Um, it's still then. big though. For, for a 2A. Hey,
1: some of your linemen weren't weighing 200 pounds.
0: If they were, they were, it was soaking wet. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I'm like, hey, listen, I'm in the huddle. I'm like, listen, that guy's huge, and you got to hit him for me because I don't want to get hit by him. I want to run by him, and I don't want to get hit by him. That,
1: that brings up a good point. Do you think that's the difference in culture in football is guys are whacking each other. They're hitting each other. Baseball no one gets hit at all. Basketball you kind of bump into each other, but it's a foul, right? Football if you don't hit a guy clean and hard enough,
0: you don't get to play. And and that's that's another thing I think that's different. What I loved about football versus baseball, like I said, baseball is very individualistic. If one person's having a bad game, that's his bad game. I could hit three home runs and you have three strikeouts, and we still win the ball game. Yeah. But football, if you miss that block, I get blown up. <laughs> Take the wrong protection call. You look dumb on TV, like you know. So it's just if I if I audible the wrong route, it's on all of us. Like, yeah. It so I, I, a lot I, more preparation too. I think I believe. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, now in baseball, I've seen. I have a couple friends that I still talk to that are now in in, in the MLB and stuff like that, and they say it, it's a lot different because you you watch pitchers, you like watch their film on their whole game. You see what they like to do in a two two count versus a one two count. And yes. But back in high school, you don't do that. You just show up to the field and <laughs> hope you play good And football. Hope <laughs> oh, yeah, something good happens. Let's show up yeah, and hope
1: something good happens today.
0: Football definitely taught me how to prepare.
1: Yeah. So, so you went from Orange Christian. Was it Orange Christian? Orangewood Christian. Orangewood Christian. Yep. And then you and went to the Winter Park. Part.
0: Yep, exactly. My last year played Winter Park because a lot of the coaches – I mean, I remember the Ohio State recruiter coming down. He's like, listen, I love the size. I love the arm. I love it all. I love the speed, it's just I need to I need to see you play against some different people competition. and competition. And he was right. I mean, I was I was smoking dudes down at two A. Yeah, so I was like, all right, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it right. So I went all the way up to eight A. And uh, played Winter Park one year, had a great year, and then you know battled through some injuries. But hold yeah. hold up,
1: hold up. let's stop there. What was the difference in the culture between uh, Orangewood and Winter Park?
0: Yeah, so Orangewood—I mean, it's just a Christian school, and yeah. you know, guys are guys are guys are mean, but they probably haven't been through a lot of what some of those public school kids that yeah. I played have been. So it was it was
1: definitely a. But weird. I mean, just being at a Christian school doesn't mean they don't party and don't talk. Yeah, about no, it. no, for sure. But I mean, but what know, that football culture is still—you're um, you're the best at that. Was Winter Park the best when you got there?
0: When I got there the year before they had made a couple runs, or the years before they made a couple runs, and the year after they went undefeated and, and won the whole thing. So, I mean, I, I got there when things were starting to heat up. Really competitive. Yeah. So, I mean, we I – mean, uh, What did a summer
1: look like for you, training? So, that, that
0: that summer, I when I left Orangewood Christian School, uh, I went and I was, you know, it was between Edgewater and Winter Park. Those were, like, the two big schools in Orlando okay. that kind of that, and you know, I had guys. I knew guys from Edgewater, and I knew guys from Winter Park, and they were both like, "Hey, come, 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 come." come. They're recruiting uh, you. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was crazy. And I, I ended up picking Winter Park, uh, and you know, it was, it was kind of over from there. I went and saw the coach, and he's like, "We need a guy that can sling it. We got we- we'll put weapons around you. We just need someone to, you know, get these rascals head on straight." <laughs> so, were you in shotgun that whole time, and and just? So at Orangewood Christian, it was more pro. So I did a lot I did a lot of under center single back stuff. And yep. it was really fun. I that's I really enjoyed it. But when I went to Winter Park, it was strictly shotgun.
1: And so did you play a lot of passing league games in the summer?
0: A lot of seven on seven tournaments. A lot. Yeah. You know, and especially uh at Orangewood when I was trying because when I went to Winter Park, I had already signed with South Dakota yeah. State. So I was kind of just playing to play, having fun. I got you. But my sophomore and junior year, I definitely, definitely got a – So, all... did
1: anybody come at you – like, you had already committed to South Dakota State. Did anybody come at you, like, from wherever and say, hey, man, you need to come? And and you were like, ah, dang it. Or...
0: So, we, we, we missed a big part of the Orangewood. But uh, – so, Orangewood, my – going into my junior year, the spring game, the week before, I mean – I had Arizona, Michigan State, Purdue, uh, you know, before Jimbo, before he left FSU was coming to the game. Like, I had a lot of big schools come to see me. And I, my coach was like, hey, you're probably going to do a drive on offense and maybe two you moved drives.
1: You your camera. I can only see you from, like,
0: here. Oh, there. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, good. Going into the game, he's like – or the week going into the game, he was like, hey, you're going to do one or two drives on offense and maybe a drive or two on defense because I played – At the small school, you play both sides.
2: Yeah.
0: And so I was like, all right, cool. That's fine. But that Monday of the game is on Saturday. That Monday, I came down with Mono.
2: Oh, geez.
0: And so that whole week of practice, and granted, in June in Florida, it's about – it doesn't go below 100. And if it is, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. I'm going through that whole week with Mono. I take one rep, and you thought I just ran a 5K. And – so I'm struggling through the week. I'm struggling through the week day by day. I mean, I'm going to get IVs after practice. I'm surprised
1: they let you play with mono because you can get a blown up spleen or something crazy.
0: So that we that won't was, go there. We won't go there. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. I I decided to play, and on the second play of the, it was third down. It was third and two. Quarterback, they're trying to draw back and throw a quick slant. My my will, uh, he kind of sniffs it out, and so the quarterback rolls to the right. I'm coming to go get them and I just get cracked right in my spleen. So I woke up on the ambulance and oh
1: man.
0: Yeah. So I, I lost my spleen. I hadn't learn how to walk again and I lost all my offers. So oh I,
1: my gosh.
0: So I just went through a How long
1: with that, that whole therapy of learning how to walk again and all that.
0: So funny story. My, my mom is pretty, uh, she, her saying is if, if you're, unless you're bleeding out of your eyes, you're fine. Yeah. I mean, I the, it took me about 2 months to get out of the hospital with all the complications and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, I think I got one day of rest and then the next day my coach showed up with a cane and said, "Hey, let's walk around the block." And it was I mean, I couldn't go up the stairs. I could barely stand in the shower, like it, it was it was rough, but I had a really good sport team and I think I think that's kind of where I met God that day. Like I was kind of doing my own thing and then boom, like I can tell you from now, nothing in my life has been the same ever since that hit.
1: Really? You said yeah, you met God. Like what t- let's elaborate on that. Let's talk about like that.
0: before, I mean, before I knew of God. I, yeah. I you I, were I, at a Christian high school. Yeah, I mean, I, I had Bible class. I didn't I didn't know how serious what was You knew was him, I- but
1: you didn't need him.
0: Yep, exactly. I, I knew him, but I didn't need him at the time. And as soon as that happened, I was like, "I need you. I can't do this. I can't do this anymore." Like I, it was fun while it lasted, and I'm I'm glad we had a good ride. But now I'm I'm I understand now.
1: That angel coach showed up with a cane in his hand and said, "Let's go for a
0: walk." Yeah, let's go for a walk. How so. was that walk? It was, I can remember we were walking down the street and I was like, I was like, coach, I'm, I'm exhausted. I mean, we've only taken 15 steps. <laughs> he's like, he's like, listen, I'm not leaving until you make it around this block. So we can do this all day. I cleared my schedule. And I was you just, your
1: head coach. Was that your head coach or assistant? Or? No, he
0: was, he was the office of coordinator, but me and him still talk this day, like a mentor, just oh, like a, so awesome. like I got like my corner. and And so he, he, he really helped me through that. That is so
1: cool. I mean, it's not cool. You got your sp- spleen blown up and all that, but. Yeah,
0: but yeah, I mean, that that's the thing with God. It's like every everything that's ever happened, that's bad. I mean, he, he was always kind of there for me. He always had stuff waiting for me whenever I needed it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He puts you right exactly where he needs you to be to teach you what he
0: needs you to learn so you can go help somebody else. I mean, yeah. When people saw me come back from that, I think. I think people were like, wow, I mean, he did that. Like, I mean, I, I just know I've, I've heard people come up to me before and say, Hey, like, I remember when that, that day it happened. I remember seeing you walk back to school and you were 140 pounds and you, you looked like you just came out of an imprisonment camp and yeah. South of Mexico. And no one, cause no one really knew. Cause I mean, at the time I was the only adolescent who had ever lived from it. So like the doctors were like, Hey, we don't really know how your son's alive right now, but we're just going to monitor it and see what happens. So like every day, every day since that moment is just kind of extra at this point. Like I, I could, I don't know what, what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, when it's going to fail. I don't know. It's so, I
1: mean, it's just miraculous. I know you got to be part of your own miracle, which you are and you have been, but that's just so cool. So you go that happened at orange Christian, Right. Orangewood yeah. Christian. Mm-hmm. So then you say I'm going to transfer to Winter Park, and that had, were they were they all aware of you
0: going through all that and everything? Yeah, pretty pretty much all of Orlando. Because in Orlando, if you're highly recruited, people kind of know who you are. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: All guys, at least because um, you're in the papers and on the yeah. news. So when they heard that everyone kind of almost forgot like who I was that junior year I had to come back and like hey I'm still here I'm still fighting on this like I'm still here and and I was reaching out to all the the coaches that recruited me before and they're like hey we we respect the hell out of you for what you're doing but like we just we're not going to go for it we're we're just too uncertainties with you and I was like "I, I understand but I, understand, I just, I understand. I understand, I but I can do it. And I understand. Yeah, it. like I can do it, coach. You just got to give me a chance. But yeah, so none of them gave me a chance except for uh, South Dakota State and the recruiter that recruited me there. Uh, he actually played at Edgewater, which was the rival school Okay. America. So that's, I, I think he kind of helped me out a little bit.
1: So he takes you across a couple county lines and gets you up into South Dakota. I had no idea what I was in for. I had no clue what I was in for. But There's some good things up there, though, man. There's some good hunting, pheasant hunting, and all that kind of stuff.
0: If you're into it, it's probably a paradise. (laughs) Me being a Florida boy going up to South Dakota, I think I showed up to the first because I graduated early. I did that where you skip your spring and you go play spring ball with them. So I did – I showed up to the first meeting. It's like January 10th or something. And I show up in shorts and a t-shirt because I didn't have any. Like, I mean, I had <laughs> like, mom, I swear. That's, I'm a, man, that's a
1: tough. Tough transitioning. If you would have oh got gosh. up there in the summer, you could have been like kind of gradually adjusted to that winter. But you got off the plane in shorts and t-shirt. Mm. Oh my
0: gosh, I had. I mean, I had flip flops on. And <laughs> the head coach or the coach that recruited me, and he he called my mom that night, and he was like. He's like, hey, do I need to buy some clothes for Ethan? Like, th- does he does he not know it's negative degrees outside? And she's like, we 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 tried to give him some clothes, but he said it wasn't working. Like, I guess, so it's I guess the winter clothes they make in Florida are not the same they make in South Dakota. <laughs> so I was like, mom, I've got this huge Hey, thank goodness thing. for Amazon now. You can get it wherever, right? <laughs> oh, I mean, but back then it was like, mom, this puffer jacket isn't doing anything. I might as well get a t-shirt. yeah that took took a while to get adjusted to my first semester there was was rough
1: do you meet some tell let's talk about that culture so you get into that culture that's college that's your first real kind of uh, adventure in college which is a little different you know
0: oh I mean like I said I had no idea what I was in for and I'm in South Dakota I don't have any family in South Dakota I don't nervous
1: scared all of the above
0: I don't know how much I was nervous or scared because I just came from being the hot shot in high school. Yeah. So I thought I, I was probably high up on my horse at that time. Yeah. Uh, but it, I, I fell off very quickly. <laughs> I got Your in. horse froze. Yeah, my horse froze. I, I learned who the lifting coach was, and it was kind of over from there. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, college so – after you with those five or whatever, 6 a.m. workouts. And... Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> Hey,
1: that's what uh, it's all about, man. You got to help somebody else that might get into that situation. My my only thing is I
0: love getting up in the morning because, I mean, I still get up in the morning early most days and and work out because I just feel like, man, I just got a head start on everyone. Yeah. Um, But I was like, Coach, we don't ever play football games at 6 a.m. I don't know why we're practicing at 6 (laughs) a.m. Like, I understand some of these people have to just hit people, but I got to think, Coach, and the sun's not even up. (laughs) So no, hey, whatever, really whatever dude, I mean, doesn't kill you makes you tougher, right? <laughs> oh, hundred percent. I needed it. I was I was too entitled at the time. I needed. Yeah, it.
1: some of that's just a weeding out process, right?
0: Oh, it is. It is for sure. And I, I saw I saw the weeds get thrown out. There was a couple of guys that I was close to that I've seen get kind of cut. Yeah. Broken.
1: So what was that culture like? I mean, was there a bunch of Dope smokers. Were there guys from Texas and
0: Florida, and, uh, and was it all over the place, or what was it a like? A lot of, a lot of, a lot of Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska, yeah, north, north Midwest. Area. Yep, that was that was their that was their pipeline. A lot of Iowa guys, corn fed boys. <laughs> yeah, oh, corn fed. I mean, when you when you see some of those alignment I'm like, I'm I'm thinking I'm tall. I'm like, holy crap, you got to look east and west just to see the outside of these guys. Yeah. Um, but the cult the culture was, was it was more serious, and I don't think I was in that mindset yet. Like yeah. I don't think it clicked in my brain how serious this was. Um because I ball mean, to I, ball, ball, right? This is like this is all ball now. Like this isn't just hey, you come in on Saturdays after a game, you watch about 30 minutes of film. No, we're in there all day on Sunday. Like it just it was it was a huge shock to me. And not that my high school didn't prepare me, mm-hmm. but I'd moved so many times, schools, that, like, I was very in and out. I was very, hey, plug and play, get out. Yeah. And so when I got to South Dakota, I was like, okay, I'm here for the next four to five years. Yeah. In, in my head. And so, yeah, I think at the time, the seniors there, like Dallas Goddard, he's tied in for the Eagles now, so that there was some there was some studs on that team that, I, that really helped me because me being – when I was growing up, I, I was usually – bigger than everyone so I was yeah. kind of played up at camps or uh when I was playing travel ball at 15 I was playing on the 18 so I've always kind of been cool with the older guys yeah when I was a freshman I was hanging out with seniors and stuff like that just being a quarterback that's just kind of how it is um but the culture was different it was, it was all ball now and I think that's what I really learned like hey if I'm gonna do this I gotta do this like there's no there's no half-assing this anymore
1: yeah were you tapped into your faith still then, or were you like, "I'm cool, I'm I'm good"? Or so I, now I, you're flying alone, you're flying solo that you don't have any, uh, you don't have any uh, of your people up there yet. In no, it,
0: it was it was very very challenging. I mean, I can remember, I can remember, shoot, praying at night wondering if it's even going through the ceiling at this point. Like, I mean, I, I was struggling. I was, I was missing what did a
1: prayer. I'm going to ask you a real private question. What did a prayer sound like?
0: It was like, God, uh, I'm all alone in this. And, and I I know you're taking care of me because you've taken care of me before, but what do you got me doing? Here?
1: Like, <laughs> this doesn't look like you're taking care of me. What's going on? Like, I mean, I mean, it's like,
0: I mean, the, my, my QB coach, we were getting into it. I mean, I just, there was so many things that were just going what it seemed like wrong, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, God, I mean, and at that point, I didn't understand suffering. I didn't understand, hey, God uses a lot of those down times for your best times. And so like at that time, I didn't understand. I was like, okay, God, you just got me through the spleen thing. Yeah. You got me to college. You're still doing like what I'm praying for. Right? I know that there's just like, this is a mess. Like, how did I get myself here? And so that was, that was a lot of the prayers. And luckily I had a, you didn't back, think it was a mistake. You thought it was a mistake. Yeah, no, I was like, coach. I, I mean, I, I was like, God, I understand we've been through a lot, but this, this is up there. <laughs> this is up there. So yeah, we had a, we had a running back coach there, coach Johnson who actually played at Oklahoma state and ended up coaching in recruiting my last year at home State, so he was he was a really good mentor to me. But he would take a couple of us because I couldn't find a church there. Mm. Like all the churches, it was I mean very old school. Like yeah, thought we were going to church in 1960 still. Like yeah, I, mean, right. right. I don't even know what that is. But like I just couldn't find a church that was that was getting me what I needed. Yeah, and so uh, he would take a few of us, uh, me and a couple of my roommates in the dorms, and we'd go up. On a free day before meetings, and just we would watch a random TD Jakes or a random YouTube pastor and just talk about it. So I love I think,
1: that coach. I
0: love that coach. No, he, 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 God was definitely working through him because that's kind of what saved me. Because it ended up, I had done a spring there, I had redshirted, and then I did one more spring there. And then after the end of that spring, I was just in such a bad place. Like my health wasn't good. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was being a typical freshman college quarterback, hot shot on the streets. Yeah, life. I mean, I'm, I'm doing everything a college quarterback shouldn't do basically. <laughs> like, I mean, I was learning what not to do uh, if I wanted to be successful there. Um, and after the second spring game, there have been rumors that a couple of guys were getting cut due to due to due to budget or or yeah. what the reason was, and I was like, no way they're cutting a the QB. There's only five of us. There's no like it's gonna be a wide receiver, or a, a DN, or like a D lineman or something like that, or a corner. Yeah. yeah. So spring game, family comes up. Uh, we have exit meetings that next uh, not Sunday. But that next week because that's the last week of school it's finals week and i my exit meets were on monday because yeah. i i, I want to get out of there as quick as possible right yeah go back to florida i'm a coach i had just seen coach that recruited me coach armheim he was the watch sears coach he's like hey hey you got a great spray. i, I like what you're doing like you can tell you're progressing football wise i go to my quarterback coach uh he's like hey you know just, just need to work on the grades, but but you're getting better in football. Like, you just need to get your grades up a little more. I was like, okay, like two for two, right? I go in to see the head coach, Coach Stig, and he said, listen, this isn't ever easy for me. And I'm thinking, no way. No way. But before I say it, the night before, the day before that Sunday, I met with Coach Johnson and a couple of guys, and we were watching the T.D. Jakes thing. And it was about – he was saying – whatever you want to ask God, whatever, whatever, is just bothering you, just write it on a sticky note, put it on your desk and just leave it. Don't think about it. Just let God handle it. And so I, that morning, Monday morning, i watched the TV. I woke up, watched that video again. And I wrote, God, should I stay or should I go? Cause at the time I was like, I'm not having fun. This is terrible. I need to transfer. Like this is horrible. I, I can't be here anymore. And uh, that, I, Put it on one day, went to Stig. Stig told me, hey, we're going to have to cut you. You got to be out by Friday. And I was just like, the whole time, I swear I didn't even hear what he said. I It was like God was talking. The Holy Spirit was talking. To me. He's like, you asked me. and I told you. And I was just like, okay. So I think I met God that day when I got my sleeves taken out. And then I realized that this is not about me that day when I got cut. So I was like, okay, God. You he got, reintroduced himself to you. You got my attention now. I'm so that that day I got cut, and the next couple months I was searching for a home. then not so you done. go. You
1: go back to Florida. You get cut from there, and you get back to Florida. And and what are you doing now? You're like I, so I still want to play, I, right?
0: Yeah, no, I'm still want to play. I'm, I'm calling all my old coaches I know. I'm like, hey, you know, does anyone have a spot? Any anyone, anything? I mean half scholarships. I'm taking it. And I went up to Nashville to see Matt and my mom for a couple of weeks. And I mean, they'll tell you if you ever ask them, it was those two months when I didn't know what was going to happen. I was not myself. I mean, I I was was like, man, I got to go back to school now as a regular student. Like I got to, I got to get a job. Like, oh my goodness. Like, I can't believe I just messed up. Myself up at South Coast. I'm thinking I just screwed the whole operation up. Yeah. I'm like, I just blew it. And so I guess my uh, my dad, one of his secretaries, his son played at City College out in San Francisco.
1: Ooh, that's like, a whole nother.
0: <laughs> so I come back to South Coast State. He's like, listen, if, you're, if your son's a quarterback, you got to go out there. I mean, they breed, they're like quarterback doers. They breed quarterbacks out there. That's, by the <laughs> way,
1: for all you listeners, that's OJ Simpson school.
0: Okay. So he went to junior college, Yep, um, along with a
1: million other great players.
0: I mean, you should see when I got there, there's a wall they show you. It's just all the players that have gone to the NFL. And man, I've see. recruited that school. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's money out there. Um, but so I'm I'm there and I get on the phone with Coach Collins, who's the head coach there, and he's like, yeah, man, it, it, I've seen your tape. You'll go power five. Just come out here. And so I'm like, all right. I and I mean, I've gotten offers from FCS schools and, and all this other stuff, same level. And I don't know what it was. I was just like, I think that's what I need to do. Like, I, I had no idea that what it was going to turn out to be. So I head out to San Fran and now I'm in Cali. And luckily, I have an uncle out there. So at least I have someone. Where is he living? To- he lives in Walnut Creek, which okay, is across- Yeah, it's right across the bay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. At least I have one person now.
1: (laughs) I got one ally in town.
0: Yeah. So what was the culture difference between
1: uh, South Dakota state and San Francisco city college?
0: So city college is where you really find out if you
1: love football.
0: (laughs) Why? I know
1: why tell everybody else. Why?
0: Because if you don't love football, it is going to be a nightmare. Every day. I mean the things you have to do to be able to play football and juco out there are I mean I don't I don't really wish them on anyone that's a life. Just give us a couple
1: examples.
0: I mean, I remember a running back that I lived with. Is everybody lifting weights? I have a nicer home gym here. Out uh, there, no, it, it it was very small. Nothing. I'm sorry, I
1: cut you off on that on that roommate or that running back. Go ahead.
0: Uh so I, the, when I first got there, Coach Collins had put me with one of our running backs who was a stud. He ended up transferring a, a scholarship into Cal, and, you know, running really good there. And I think he's he's signed somewhere, trying to get picked up. Whatever. He uh he was he was he would go to, he would go to school, and then we'd have meetings, and then we'd have practice. And then he'd go work his night job till 4 a.m. to pay the rent. And then he would come home about 5, 5.30. And he would sleep from 5.30 to about 9.30. And then we, me and him both had class at 10. And we would go. We had the same class. And we would go to class at 10. And then we were in it. And he was a running back. Like, I mean, he was running every day hard. And, and yeah. jukebox, I mean, there's not a lot of tag-offs and wraps. No. It, it's it's full go. Most he practice. wanted
1: it. He wanted it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is you realize if you want it. like, yeah. If you don't, you will get chewed up and spit out. And especially out in California, I mean, there's no help out there. It's all you. Well, and
1: there's a billion – not a billion. There's a billion and one distractions. I mean, you think you had distractions at South Dakota State as a freshman quarterback. You go out there to San Francisco? I mean, <laughs> come on.
0: I've seen some things there that I've never seen in my life anywhere. Like I mean, I went went to the Pride Festival one year. That says enough. Like it's it's wild down there. Like it's great city. I love the city. I love the food there. The like just the atmosphere, the hills, like the bridges. It's really cool. But it's, it's you better know who you are. Yeah, you better – if you don't, you're going to figure it out very quickly. <laughs> so did you all have a good year? Yeah, so uh, I actually was the backup my redshirt freshman year, um, and I, I'd gotten in a few cleanup minutes and stuff like that. Uh, the guy who was the first string, he was there the year before, and that's just kind of how they were doing it. You were the backup the first year and played the next year. Yeah, right. So it was kind of the well of machine, and he ended up scholarship the cow. Uh, too. So then first year learning learning the, the air raid, run and shoot, all that fun stuff out there. Yeah. And, and I mean we're we're passing the ball 45 times a game. I mean, oh yeah. I mean it's got a some
1: playing receiver
0: and oh I mean these guys I'm like I, I mean I would go up to some of these our, our cats and I'd be like, dude, how did you not get a scholarship somewhere? Like you're good enough. Like you could make all the plays. And he's like, and usually it was grades or knuckleheads. Girl, yeah, I mean that—that that was the best part of JUCO, and I think that's where I really matured as a quarterback. So I was like, these kids are great. I mean, they—they're really good football players. It just looks like they've had no guidance at all. Yeah, and, and you know, not—not not that I'm one to guide someone, but <laughs> you know, I—I I, I just I feel like a lot of guys when I was leaving really were like. Hey, man, like, I appreciate you, what you did, you know, showing your faith. Because when I'm in that locker room, I don't think a soul in there knew who God was. And, Um, I mean, I'm in there. I'm I'm giving out devotion books to people. I mean, like. Really? Awesome. I think I I learned I don't have to be afraid of my relationship with Christ anymore. Like, if I'm not afraid in that locker room, I don't (laughs) be afraid anywhere. Because, I mean, (laughs) there are some dudes in there. And and out there, you know, all the the Samoan and the Uso oh, yeah. Cocos and they're they're a whole other story. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're awesome. I mean, all those JUCO guys, they're all.
1: So did you start a little group of guys that you met with and and?
0: So I wasn't I wasn't there. I, personally, I wasn't strong enough in my faith to do yeah. that. But I, I think. I was at least trying to live my own life. Like I was at least trying to, people saw me read Bible before practice. People saw me posting stuff on social or Twitter, you know, Bible verse. Like I wasn't closed off about my faith at all at that point, but I don't think I was ready to teach anyone. Yeah. yeah. So and it it was really good. I think I just got over a lot of fears. I mean, you kind of, when you hit rock bottom, it's just like, okay, I can't go any further down, I don't think. So let, let me just figure this up and try to do it right. There so, you go. There you go. It was like, I mean, I, I was up and then I was down all the way. I was like, okay, I've been up and I, I don't like how I did it that much. And I've been down and I don't ever want to be there again. So let me do this right this time. And so that that's kind of what I was like, I, yeah, God, I can't I can't do this without you. I, I can't. Like every day I, I need you. Like I don't want to do this this life without you anymore.
1: Yeah. That's super cool. So then you get another opportunity.
0: Yep. So I so I go through I sit back up next year, uh, make it to the playoffs, losing the first round and a heartbreaker to San Mateo. Um, I actually only played half the game because I had a, a slip disc in my back. Dang um, Two games before, and I ended up playing the second half because the backup broke his ankle in the second quarter, so I had to go back in. And I mean, I'm I'm getting slammed, and <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've been. I remember City College, but that turf is not soft. No, if they <laughs> probably have the
1: same turf when I was recruiting that place. <laughs>
0: I think I think they do. Oh man, it, I mean, so that that whole year, I mean, it was it was a struggle. I, I dislocated my knee the first game. What a, the what? On a QB sneak, just like Patrick Mahomes did two years ago on the goal line, same exact thing. Um, and then I miss the next game. Next game or two games later, playing good. I get the flu. I have a flu game. So I'm like, holy, cr-. but I'm still going, still playing decent, not as good as I want to, but I'm still I'm still fighting yeah. for guys. Um two games later, fracture all my jaw. Yeah. I can, I can remember, I, uh, some family members come to see me. We were in the car. I'm like, my jaw hurts. Like, I don't, this doesn't feel right. So I go, I go to my team doctor, uh, the next, the next Monday. And he's like, let me do some x-rays or whatever. And they're like, there's just cracks all down my jaw. And they're like, listen, we're going to have to wire you up. And I said, listen, that's not going to work. <laughs> Uh, that's just not going to work. I got a game next week. That's not going to work.
1: Yeah, it's hard to call the play like that. Yeah, no. So, like, all right, the
0: best we can do is give you, like, a, the big mouthpieces because I don't ever wear a mouthpiece because I'm always talking. Yeah. So, I had to wear a mouthpiece, and I hadn't worn a mouthpiece since I played center. Take it I, in. Put it out. Take it in. <laughs> and it was like – so, the rest of the thing, I had to put it in every time and it just – so, there was a lot of, a lot of things that could have made me quit and could have made me just kind of roll over that season. So. Yeah. And then we go in we go into the off season and I don't really have any offers yet. You know I, I don't I mean I think two two months into that off season after like I mean it's getting very close to signing day like yeah. very close, and I have no offers whatsoever. What are you and thinking? I'm thinking man I just, what I else do
1: I got to do? I got a broken jaw. I don't have a spleen. I got, I mean, like, it, it, <laughs> what else, what else do like, I got to do?
0: I mean, like, I'm like, I get it. I didn't have the best stats, but I mean, man, I showed a lot of heart. I finished that whole season out. And I feel like in the NFL and college, I mean, that they want you, you can't make the club staying in the tub. Like, that's right. That's right. I'm out there. I'm, 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 I got a broken jaw, but I'm still calling protection calls with a mouthpiece in. It's like, so, I felt like I was doing enough and I just, and I wasn't not trusting God. I was just like, man, this, you sure do like to to wait to the last minute, don't you? <laughs> so, I'd actually, and I mean, at that time, I feel time, like
1: Moses standing at the Red Sea looking back at that army going, oh. Uh,
0: oh okay. So, I think it was two weeks before signing day, which was February 7th that year, um, I'd gotten a call from, Terrence Knightley used to be a, a D tackle for the Broncos when they won it with Peyton and stuff like that. He's, yes. coach, he's coaching up at Wagner now up in Staten Island. And he had called me and they're like, hey, you know, we like you. We want to offer you. We need a quarterback. Like, we just went 0-12. Like, we need someone to turn this ship around. Yeah. Like, Coach, I'm your guy. Like, I don't care about anything. I just See, want to – You've already been South Dakota, San Francisco, here and there. Well, I'm thinking, I'm like, that just kind of completes it. I went to the Midwest. I went way out West. Now I'm going Northeast. And I'm you know, I'm from the Southeast. So I figured I'd hit all the corners. There you go. But so I'm actually scheduled to go to a visit that weekend. The head coach calls me and says, hey, uh, we got to cancel. We're going to move it to next weekend because whatever reason. So that next day coach from Oklahoma state who's was with the Redskins, with Haskins who just left. And now he's the first year at Oklahoma state. He says, Hey, out of all the juco guys I've seen, cause we want to bring in a juco guy, you got the best tape by far. And so I'm like, shoot, you can say that again. <laughs> you said what? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. And so that, that next week they're like, yeah, we, we want to, I want to, I want to, you know, want to talk to you a little bit and and get to know you and stuff like that. See, see if that, that works out. And then throughout the next week, I mean, I I was up there that weekend and I I had to call Wagner and I was like, listen, I probably would have committed if you had just kept the visit on and Oklahoma state would have never happened. And, and I told him that I was going to do that and I couldn't come to the Wagner visit. And he's like, I understand so, and, and that's how that happened. And I think that ne- that summer I showed up and I showed up and I think the first night I was there, I went out with uh, one of my buddies that I went on the recruiting trip. He was my
1: host or something.
0: Host, yeah, whatever they call yeah. that. And that night got COVID. Oh, that was, come on, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I showed up, I was going to say, I'm, I'm on top of the world. I'm like, God, you just did it. All that. I went through it. Just for this, I'm so thankful, first day, COVID. So the first two weeks, I'm, I'm missing workouts. I'm thinking I'm falling behind. I mean, yeah, yeah. When I got there, I mean, this is Oklahoma State, let me tell you, it's nothing like JUCO, nothing like South Dakota State. I mean, it is the big weeks. So, I mean, when I when I got there, I was, I think, from South
1: – You thought going from high school to South Dakota State, you were like, whoa. And then you went out to San Francisco, and you're like, what the what? And then you get to Oklahoma State, and you're like, wow.
0: Yeah, I was like, okay, this is the real deal here. Like, I'm here. Like, now it's time to go. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I go to Oklahoma State, and the culture there is that's where I learned the business side of football.
1: And you know what? In my eyes, these are just my eyes, and they're very biased. There's nothing like I told Matt this, there is nothing like that kind of a culture and that kind of business where you're just competing and you got a chance to go play and win the national championship and everybody is like, let's go
0: get this, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is serious. Like, I thought South Coast State was all ball. No, Oklahoma State, that's all ball. I mean, <laughs> so tell everybody the difference because I know the difference. So... Yeah, South Coast State, I mean, we so once you get to college, every college in the NFL, it's pretty much practices and schedules and meetings. It's kind of all the same. Yeah. Like everyone does the same type of routine. But at Oklahoma State, I realized it, all these guys are good. All these guys are studs. Like, I mean, studs. And I can't just do what they ask me anymore. Like, I can't just go in for the required two hours of meetings and required two hours of practice and the required one hour lift. I got to do way more. Yeah, the minimum's not enough. Minimum is not enough anymore. And, and that's that's where I, I mean, I was learning all these skills, but then it was like, okay, now I have to put them into play. The preparation I learned at South Dakota State the the heart behind it at City College, like putting those two together. I mean, you gotta if you got you got a pretty good recipe for success right there. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I was doing. I finally came back out of COVID protocol, and that was the other thing I didn't know I was getting myself into because at JUCO, I'm sure some JUCOs you lift a lot, but our our junior college we did not lift a lot. Um, we we did a lot of running. Out of condition, running and running the streets. We had a campus run, and in San Francisco, it's like this. Yeah, yeah. Trying to run up those hills after the fourth or fifth hill you've run up is you. Like I said, you figure out if you love it or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I met Coach Glass, who was who's the weight coach, strength coach at a, at Oklahoma State, and he's trained a lot of big time players. I mean, he he was at Florida when they were making the run with. I mean, he's well known within the football community and and I met him and and he he put my ass in the gear real quick. That's right. Those football
1: training coaches, those uh, strength coaches, they change a team quicker than anybody can imagine because you guys are with them all the time.
0: You know, oh, I mean, they they run the – they run the workouts. I mean, any of the speed drills, you know, any agility stuff, any seven-on-seven, seven, a lot of times the coaches can't be out there enough. So yeah,
1: yeah, they can't.
0: Strength coaches are there, um, and they run our warm-ups and all that. And, and uh, Coach Glass is the, he, he's the assistant AD or something like that. So, he's also very a part of decision-making with Coach Gundy and stuff like that. So oh, yeah. he, He he was very he was very much a leader in the Oklahoma State football organization. So yeah, I met him, and he was like, "Listen, if you want to play here, you got you got to work your tail off." Because coming from JUCO, I'm sure you can sling it, but you're gonna get smacked around. One game, you're gonna have broken everything. Man, you're playing against Baylor,
1: Oklahoma,
0: you know, playing against the legit, real deal.
1: LSU, I mean, I mean, you're playing. You can make it through that. You can make it to wherever else you need to go or want to go.
0: I mean, those those D linemen, they're
1: they're right there. You can smell their breath. And oh yeah, big.
0: yeah. So yeah, another I mean,
1: reason why they keep you in the shotgun just to keep you away just a little bit.
0: <laughs> just just a few more steps. That's all I need. Get it out quick. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But y'all had a great year. Oh, this past just, year. It was so the first year there was the COVID year that yeah. I was there and, and that was that was very I, th- I don't think anyone had a good time it, across any, yeah, it's hard.
1: Yeah it was it
0: was really hard. No one really knew what they were doing. So that that was tough, but we ended up having a good year. Um, and then that net, this past year, I mean, it, it might be one of the greatest seasons I've ever been a part of of anyway. Tell, tell everybody why. It would. so we had lost, we had a lot of superstars the year before, like, I mean, Chuba Hubbard, uh, Amen, all, all these really good guys that are kind of in the league right now. And it was like, we, I feel like we kind of relied on them a lot. And like you do, I mean, coach, you want to feed the superstars. Like yeah, coach. absolutely. Feed the beast. And, yeah. Feed the beast. And so the next year, I think, we didn't have as many superstars, but we had a lot of really good players, like really good guys. And I think that made the difference. I think, hey, we don't have the the Chuba Hubbards, the Tyler Wallace's to rely on this year. Everyone's got to make plays this year. And I think everyone kind of, that caused our team to come closer. Yeah. My first year, it was it was very clicky in the locker room, very, hey, you know, I don't really hang out with the DBs. I don't really hang out with the O-linemen. You know, it was yeah. very like, and then as my second year rolled around we realized we we can't do this without each other we kind of all need each other and I think that second year I mean the locker room really came together and and even the coaches I think with COVID and just all the social injustices that was happening at that time it switched college football a little bit like before I mean it it was all business and what the coach is what what happened or what yeah. the higher up said, that's what happened. And now, I mean, players are getting, now the NIL, especially players are getting a say, players are getting to talk to coaches on a real level. And I think that's what made all the difference because the coaches like, we had to explain to the coaches, like we love football. We want to play hard for you. Uh, you know, Yeah, it's got to work together. We all got to work together to make this happen. And I think that's what that team did. And it, it was awesome. I mean, it was, so many things that changed from the COVID year to that next year. I mean, guys that you think would never hang out, you see them at at fuzzies on on Washington, or, or you know, you see them yeah. at in in the at the gas station, you know, filling up their trucks next to each other or whatever it may be. And I just think that was so awesome because when I got there, I was like, wow, this is this is this is awesome, but it feels so businessy. It feels so not it doesn't feel like a locker room
2: yeah time. yeah
0: it didn't feel like we were just there to play football anymore and have fun like yeah it was great. everyone was trying to get out and get to the league and make their plays and stuff like that but that second year I mean with the guys we had and the success we were having and that coaching staff was amazing I mean the plan some of the plans they came up I mean I would go in to coach Dunn or OC's office probably every other week and be like coach that this plan is solid. Like, this is some one of the, some of the best stuff you've come up with. And I mean, it was just, we kind of took it back to the basics, went simple. I mean, in 2011, if you watch that film with Brandon Whedon and Justin Blackman, they weren't doing anything crazy. Yeah. They were just throwing hitches and bubbles and inside zone. And, you know, it, it was really simple. You
1: drafted Brandon Whedon when I was at the Browns, man. That dude,
0: slinger. So sling and I met him a couple times he would come in and He's a big dude too huge huge dude yeah he, he was really, really cool dude he actually would come to our meetings and, and teach us a lot of like just little tips and stuff yeah. had, you know on this three cut uh to the right 10 yard out to the right you know you're you can you got the arm strength but if you just open your foot up a little more it'd be a lot easier and like just little things like that he would help us with and and it, it was he was a really cool dude to be around yeah that's super cool so you still have another year? So I still have another year, yes, sir. I'm, I'm training still, I'm still throwing. You know, Are you good? Yep. So I've yeah. been training every day in the, in the weight room, throwing a couple times a month just to keep the arm live and just kind yeah. of keep options open.
1: Yeah, and you're in the transfer portal and you're kind of weighing your options there and just kind of still talking to people and seeing what's up?
0: Yeah, so I'm just – I'm really. I've got. A, I've got a few leads here and there, but uh, I really just. I've kind of entrusted God. Like, hey, just like I thought, I didn't have a place to go this time before, and you put me at Oklahoma State. Like, I, I'm a believer. You, you, do what you need to do. I'm gonna trust it. Yeah. So I've had. And I'm gonna be
1: a different guy because of it, even more so than when you took me on that first journey
0: and the second journey and this other. Oh journey. yeah. A hundred percent, and that's the thing I think. When it talks about so much suffering in the Bible, it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks a lot of times when you're going through it. But after, I mean, if if you're not better, your trust in God is better. Yeah. Like, hey God, I, I've seen him get me through a situation just like this. Yeah. So I know can do it. And so I think that that has given me a lot of a lot of hope and peace about this. So I know if I can just do my part and train and stay ready for the opportunity, if he wants it, he'll give it to me.
1: Yeah knowing eyes see more and your eyes have seen a lot. And so I could see you going into a place and just being like, fellas, you know what we got to do. This is what we got to do. And that's the best part is I'm
0: just seeing so many balls, so much ball learning so many different offenses and, and meeting all different types of players, all different types of backgrounds where they come from, you know, their situation and their struggles. I feel like, like you said, I mean, at this point, very plug and play. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, man. You've been through a lot. What
1: a what a journey! What an incredible journey! Hey, this show's called another rep. What's another rep mean to you? I ask everybody this.
0: I think I think another rep to me is is why not? Why not go another rep? Why not? Like who's who's telling you you're going to wake up tomorrow? Honestly, yeah. So you might as well do another rep. Like that, that's right. Yeah, I love just, that. You might as well just go for it. Like that, just another rep. What's another rep gonna hurt? It's not gonna hurt anything. Yeah, exactly. So I think another rep, there's actually my uncle. When I heard another rep, when I heard that you had called your podcast another rep, um, my uncle who played at Florida, his roommate was a shortstop. And after every practice, he, he called a 200 and he'd take 200 more ground balls Whoa. after every practice. And I now, I'll never forget that like just another rep. He's like, I got 200 ground balls better than the next shortstop.
1: That's right, and then that adds up during the week. Now you got a thousand if you do it every. Well, you
0: know, five you, you think about you think about the the did you see the Michael Jordan? Documentary? I saw parts of it.
1: I didn't see the whole thing, but
0: yeah. So he his his whole and and the the Mamba mentality with Kobe is like, hey, if I'm putting in work every day for a year, I'm already ahead of you. Now, if I do that for five years, there's no way you could ever catch up to me. Even if you did work like me every day, you can never catch up. To me. So like just another rep is so crucial. I mean, you look at all the best athletes. They take that ideal. and they. Yeah.
1: I, love, I love that. I love that. The, um, the thing I miss most about not coaching or not even, you know, not playing, not coaching is the locker room. I know I miss the games. I miss all that stuff, but the locker room, what do you think about that?
0: I actually just wrote a paper on it for school. Did you really? Yeah. I was like, if you ask anyone that's played football or most sports, yeah, you remember some games and you remember some really cool plays, but it's the, it's the people. It's, it's the relationships you make. That's, when I when I hit those guys out of Oklahoma State, I'm not talking about man, remember when we beat Oklahoma, I'm like, hey, how you doing, man? I miss you. Know, like, remember that time we were, you know, out yeah. fuzzies slamming margaritas or whatever the case may be, you know, like yeah. that's what I remember. Like, so I, I love the locker room. It's, it's my is my favorite part of it, just with the guys. Think of what
1: the locker room was at San Francisco State. So
0: the locker room at City College was it was it was very small. It was very middle school. I'm not even
1: talking about the physical building part of it, because I know what that was like, but
0: just the guys from where all
1: they came from. And
0: I mean it, it was just like every it was very, it was very, I don't know if it's the right word, but very hostile. Like just guys, they just were all for themselves. I mean, they've been fighting their whole lives, just on their own, just trying to figure it out, trying to make a way They're like maybe football, this football thing could work out. Yeah. and that, that was the best part is like, even those those guys were going through struggles and I knew some of them, but I, I'm also very blessed. And, you know, I had family that was able to help and stuff like that when I was out there, but I just, I think my empathy grew. I think I I just realized that, you know, not everyone lives the same, you know, not everyone that's coming to practice had 30 minutes to an hour to stretch and prepare and get warmed up and all that. And, you know, when I was going to practice or in the locker rooms, if, if guys had a bad practice or a bad game, I'm like, listen, I can't just jump down their throat every time. Yeah. I had to learn like these guys are going through so much more than just football Some guys
1: had to work all night, come home and try and catch three hours of sleep because they were, you know Yeah,
0: I mean that and I think that's what made me such I mean, all throughout this time, I, I think that's what God's been trying to make me as a as a better leader, like like just being a QB, you naturally have to be a leader, like whether you want to or not. Yeah, uh, guys look to you, and so I think just learning, just city college guys, that type of struggle, South Dakota guys, that type of life, you know, Oklahoma guys, a lot of them are from Texas and stuff like that, like that type of life, is just you learn how to help and deal with different situations because you've seen them before, you know. Yeah. You know, hey, I, I there was a guy at Oklahoma State. That was kind of going through the same thing I knew a guy at South Dakota State was going through. And I was just like, okay, I know what I wish I would have said then. I'm going to go say it now. Very cool. Yeah, Very cool. it's just, it's been really awesome. All the people I've met, it's been a crazy journey and I wouldn't trade it for anything. But the Pete, like you said, all the guys I've met, coaches, teammates, I mean, it's awesome. they well, This will be my last question
1: for you. What makes a tough, two, really, it's two pointed question. What makes a tough quarterback? And what makes a tough quarterback over just a tough football player? What's the difference?
0: I think – well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer him backwards. It's what makes a tough football player versus a tough quarterback is – quarterback, Mike Gundy's big thing is quarterback got to be a tough guy on the field. So you're going to get – you don't know where it's come from. You got to get right back up. And he played it,
1: so he knows it, too.
0: Yeah, oh, he knows. And, and he would look us all dead in the eyes in the pregame, all the quarterbacks, and like, listen, you've got to be tough. got to be tough. And that's one thing is you have to be tough, yes, but as a quarterback, you have to be tough and, and, and smart. Like, if you get knocked off, you can't just push, push a, D, a DN back and be like, get off me, like – you just you can't do that. So many people are looking at you. You gotta be tough, but you also have to be smart. You can't just fly off the handle. So I think, I think, yes, you have to be one of the toughest guys on the field, but you have to be very smart with it. You can't just come back on the sideline dropping F bombs, telling your wide receivers, catch the ball, you guys suck. Like it's just <laughs> they'll shut down. They'll be like, screw you, dude. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. like, you ain't and, completing and, and, every pass either, bro. So, uh, yeah. So, so that's the thing is like, you, you gotta be, t- I mean, once you get to that level of football, you'll realize if you don't have the toughness, you'll know day one, you, you'll know. They'll, They'll say you- next. So, yeah, I mean, I think everyone, once you get past that first point, and then if you're if you're a QB or any any position in leadership, I think you just have to be smart. You can't fly off the handle like everyone else. You can't. You, do you just,
1: realize how much tougher you are now than when you went to uh, – when you first left high school and went up to South Dakota State? I'm talking mentally right. tough, not just physically tough. Right? Yeah, mentally I
0: think just I had learned, like, like you said, I, I just can't do the first thing that pops in your head anymore. Like you can't just kind of – Live willy nilly anymore. Like you got you got guys looking up to you. You got you got. I mean, you're the quarterback. If you're doing things wrong, they're like, "Oh, he's doing it wrong. I'll do it wrong." Like you know, I, I can't I can't be out partying all night anymore. I can't I can't I can't do it anymore. I just yeah. You learn, you can like show up, you just can't show off. Yeah, I mean, if you if you show up, especially as a quarterback and don't know what you're doing, is very obvious. Yeah, oh yeah. As a DN and don't know what you're doing. Let's make one guy miss and get to the quarterback. You know, <laughs> in my gap. And I know okay. it's very I know it's way more interesting than that.
1: Yeah, when you're a quarterback, this is what I, I would tell my guys when I was coaching them. You want to be with your people, you know, like on a whatever night, Thursday night, they all go out and do whatever. You you can show up, but you can't show off there because on Saturday, you have to show up and show off because if you don't they'll go next and everybody yeah. in the bleachers everybody on TV you realize when you went to Oklahoma state you stepped onto the national stage and yep. and everybody's eyes on you you know you never knew what a goldfish bowl felt like as much as when you were at Oklahoma state and mm-hmm. then when you get an opportunity if you ever do to play in the NFL it gets even tighter and more intense which is so so much more fun too i think cuz you know, yeah. if you don't love it, then it's just you go do something else. But if you love it, you excel in it. You know, that's why I love guys like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. They, you can see how they love it in their eyes and their demeanor. And they just, you know, they just can't wait to get that next rep. They just can't wait. Just get me in. You know, when Patrick Mahomes is on a roll and his offense is clicking like that and he's throwing it to, you know, Hill and those dudes, he's like, Give me another play. Let's go. Let's go.
0: <laughs> you know? yeah, he's him one of these. Yeah, he's
1: dialed in, man. He is dialed in. So, hey, so great to talk with you, and um, this has been easy. When you come to Nashville, let's get together. Easy. Yeah. I love having you on the show. Thanks for coming on another rep, and uh, we'll do this again. Perfect. Thanks, Coach. Ethan, my man, thanks so much for coming on another rep, man. Love your story. Wow crazy story, crazy story. Hey, if you like this show, hit like, hit subscribe, share it with your people. Most of all, let's keep repping. Let's go get another rep. Until then, I'm going to keep repping. You keep repping. I am out.